20 stressful habits to quell. That's the topic of today's little mini clip whilst I take a walk once again. So 20 things that you might be doing that could be causing stress. And of course, living in the modern times, there's many a things these days that can contribute to stress. Of course, the news and things of that nature, but these are maybe some things that you might not have thought had been contributing to stress. So 20 things we can do or limit, depending on what works for you, to quell stress. And of course, stress isn't just, you know, giving the finger to someone in traffic or stubbing your toe. Oftentimes it's more subtle than that. So what is number one? Number one is to stop or minimize the utilization of polyunsaturated fats known as PUFAs, which of course come from the zioseed oils, canola, cottonseed, soybean, all this type of stuff. Oftentimes it'll be found in restaurant foods, uh, fried food, things of that nature. And of course, if you happen to have the random meal outside the house, I wouldn't beat oneself up about it, but it's more about having these things in your larder at home, which is really the issue or procuring things at the store that contain these ingredients. And you might actually want to just do an experiment and walk around the store, you know, even a, a supposed health food store like Whole Foods, and you'll notice very quickly that essentially 90, 95% of the products, even the quote healthy ones, are brimming with these industrial oils, which are just a waste product, by the way. They just had to use some marketing to get humans to eat them, just like the whole fish oil scam. So that's number one, to eliminate uh, or minimize the utilization of polyunsaturated fats. This may be something that most people might be aware of, but might not be necessarily carrying this, this out to fruition. Number two would be to stop utilizing multivitamins. Most of these things are synthetic anyway, and that's part of the problem, but the main issue besides that is that there are many things that we just don't need to get in these high doses that are in these multivitamins. And this goes for most prenatals as well. That really only became a thing in the 1960s. Now you can actually get an iron-free prenatal, so there is that available from a couple of brands out there. And of course, you can just do what our ancestors did and just eat a nutritious diet. Of course, not just upon conception, but the years leading up to it. Number three would be to stop taking calcium supplements. This is way better obtained from food, and that would be from dairy foods. And of course, the culture that didn't have dairy as one of their things, like some of more of the, the Asian cultures, they used fish broth and stuff like that. Pearl powder is a great source of calcium, uh, well-cooked leafy greens, the bones in fish, and of course probably the easiest way in a lot of the Western or you know, European countries is to get it via dairy. Of course, I'd recommend raw dairy. And keep in mind too, something interesting from the TCM perspective, thinking about the energy and the temperature of certain foods. Oftentimes they say that dairy is a damp food in TCM. That really only goes for cow dairy. Uh, goat dairy is actually a warming food. So if you have any of the dampness conditions, maybe you might want to think about utilizing goat as opposed to cow or getting your calcium from somewhere else. I like to split it up myself. I like to get it from fish and greens and pearl powder and a little bit of raw goat dairy. Number four, stop using fluoride uh, in toothpaste and shower and drinking water. That one's pretty basic, but nevertheless, it's worth 
mentioning because you may think you're not taking it in via your toothpaste and glycerin too of course with toothpaste that actually doesn't allow the teeth to remineralize of course teeth are, are living living things they're not dead like most dentists tell us so having the fluoride not just in the toothpaste obviously but having a good water filter on the house and if you can't get the whole water filter maybe you're renting or it's out of your budget at this time think about at least getting a water filter for your sink and for your shower Okay, the next one would be stop using plastics, BPA and BPS. Oftentimes there's awareness about BPA and things will say, oh, it's BPA free, but then it's loaded with BPS. So it's one of those things where they pretend they're doing something good and it's actually, I think BPS is actually more deleterious than BPA. Oh my gosh, so surprising, right? So yeah, really the transition to like glass containers, if you wanna store your leftovers or your meal prep foods, I recommend using like the Pyrex glass containers, which can actually also, I believe, be used in the oven, they're dishwasher safe. And of course, you know, no one should be microwaving, but if anyone out there is microwaving, don't use plastic in the microwave, uh, whether that be a plastic container or cling film. The next one would be stop using processed refined carbohydrates and high fructose corn syrup. Of course, many of these processed refined carbohydrates have fortification in them. We don't want that, uh, that's not good. Of course, many of these grains are also laden with glyphosate. Something like a white sourdough bread or a soaked organic white rice would not be in the same category as a processed refined carbohydrate to me, because those are actually just more pure sources of energy. And of course, high fructose corn syrup is something that also appears in many of the foods in the store. Just take a walk around Whole Foods and see all the seed oils, all the corn syrup and all, all the fortification, the supposed organic, you know, vegan, paleo, keto, etc. Uh, autoimmune protocol, quote, foods. And of course, high fructose corn syrup is also going to have like the glyphosate and things like that. It's uh, terrible for blood sugar uh, and it's also made from the lowest quality corn. Very sad what has happened to corn. It used to be the mother crop of North and South America, and now it's been completely perverted, unfortunately. The next on the list would be to stop taking iron pills. I've done whole shows talking about this. If you are concerned about iron or, quote, anemia, it's typically not what we think it is. It could be that there's an over amount of iron in the body and it's just not in the right area, but there's a low ratio of copper because the modern diet, just like yesterday on the mini clip, we talked about the modern diet being devoid and being devitalized in a whole because there's no K2. The same thing is true when it comes to copper. We don't eat a lot of these copper-rich foods. A hundred years ago we did. You know, oysters on the menu for breakfast, liver once a week. Um, these are some good options. Bee pollen, getting these things into the system. And if you really thought liver was nasty, I guess you could do the liver pills, but fresh is always gonna be better. Maybe if you're coming from a place of not eating a lot of animal foods for a while, the liver pills may be a transitional thing that you could use. And of course, remember, liver has a balance of copper and iron, as does oysters, and it's natural. It's not just like, you know, random heavy metal filings like you find in total cereal or in the pills or in the multivitamins. The next is to stop using omega-3s and omega-6s. Omega-6s are polyunsaturated fats. Omega-3s are highly unsaturated fats. Of course, many of the nature, the natural or, or nature's dense foods, the sacred foods, will have a little bit of the omega-3s in them, like grass-fed steak, 
uh, eggs, oysters, but I'm really talking about not buying like those fish oil pills. That was an industry that was created just like the Zio seed oil industry. And when we eat foods in nature, it contains all of the constituents. It isn't just about like some random isolated thing. When we supplement random isolated things, it hits us and it takes other things out of our system and it's very unnatural and causes imbalance uh, long term. Something else, stop skipping breakfast, stop the intermittent fasting, and stop the extreme restrictive quote fad diets. Yes, you can get results quickly by doing this. You may feel kind of good. It's just adrenaline, a stress hormone, which is not a sex hormone like you know testosterone we talked about yesterday. Over time, this causes blood sugar issues. This can make people insulin resistant, diabetic. Uh, it's not a good idea. Our ancestors only did this when there was no food around. That's why I think all these discussions about what was ancestral and did we eat meat, did we not eat meat, this is such a discourse of, of modern society. It's a luxury to sit around and twaddle incessantly about things that really don't even matter. I mean, no one's ancestors had time to think about this type of stuff. The next would be stop negative thoughts and self-talk and stop living in fear. Of course, easier said than done. Not watching the news would be really helpful in this. Not following any of their narratives. I don't believe anything that they put out in the media, whether it be mainstream or alt or alt-alt. I just don't. So yeah, I mean, getting into that fear, taking on the stress, the fear, and I don't know, I guess the emotional demons, whatever you want to call it, of other people. That's a, a bad habit. And of course they want us to do that because they siphon energy by doing that. Stop poor posture habits, sedentary living and orthotic support shoes. The best shoes of course are no shoes or barefoot style shoes. Stopping the negative self-talk that can lead to devaluation crises like they talk about in Germanic New Medicine. People putting themselves down, saying the things they do are not good enough, that you know they, they refer to themselves as stupid or, or fat or whatever. This is really bad programming. And the negative thoughts, uh, those are good to stop too because those cause a lot of problems. It's repetitious over and over and over again. And of course, when you eat better and you have better gut health and you distance yourself from some of these old programs, and a lot of us are running on an old program that we were taught as youngsters, maybe our parents or guardians were taught these programs as youngsters. I mean, the saddest thing is seeing people in the, you know, the later years of their existence still running on the operating system of their parents. Like that's, that's the worst. Like if you're, however old you are, the sooner you can kind of reprogram yourself, the better it's going to be for you. And of course your children. Uh, and of course, yeah, poor, we didn't talk about that, negative thoughts. Okay, we talked about that. Then we talked about poor posture habits, sedentary living. Sitting on the floor is ideal. Uh, that's how our ancestors did things. It also keeps our abdominal strong. We can get up without like needing someone to pull us up or hold on to something. I saw something in this catalog. I mean, it was mildly humorous, but it really wasn't. It was a catalog that kind of had these things for, I guess you'd say like the older, the senior types. And it was this chair that had this spring mechanism. So when you want to take it up, this chair like propelled you like a spring to get up and I mean people get into those shapes 
because of self-devaluation conflicts, malnutrition, uh, ill posture, uh, things of that nature, you know, not, not staying limber. So we really want to make sure that we're spending a lot of time that we're doing any type of like, you know, sitting, that we're sitting on the floor and stop the ill posture too. Most people are sitting on their spine. Notice when you sit down, whether you're sitting in a chair or you're sitting on the floor, notice if you're actually sitting on your spine or if you're sitting on your sit bones. If you're sitting on your spine, chances are you're hunching and your posture is bad. That means you get less oxygen to the brain. You're probably breathing out of your mouth. I mean, all of this is cumulative, right? And what happens after years? Especially factor this in with the Oyedei costume. I mean, holy hell, that is a recipe for disaster. Up next, we were just talking about it, poor breathing habits. Stop the poor breathing habits, the mouth breathing, the chest and the neck breathing, the shallow breathing, the hyperventilating. Most people are hyperventilating throughout the day, regardless of wearing the Oyedei costume, but more so. And I'm, speaking of the costume, I saw a lot of people, I was at Home Depot yesterday, saw a lot of people wearing the costume. Maybe that's just like a costume type of place, but <laughs> wow, a lot of people were wearing it. They were wearing that blue one that like shrinks the penis and the clitoris. I'm sure they have no idea about that. But yeah, the poor breathing habits and the poor posture, they go hand in hand with the negative thoughts, the negative self-talk and the living in the fear. Stop eating out, especially at fast food uh, and restaurants or keep it to a bare minimum. But obviously, yeah, keep away from the takeaway, the fast takeaway. I know some people eat out every single day. I mean, I, I never, did that in any point of my life. Like even when I've traveled, I've made some of my meals. I guess when I traveled, then I kind of, you know, would eat something that I didn't make myself every day. But that's, I think that's very different than when you're at home. And that's what I really meant to say. When you're at home to like constantly eat uh, outside the house food. I've always kind of cooked and stayed in a place with a gas range where I could cook whilst on holiday. Cause I want to cook and make whatever is available natively in that area, right? So stop or cut back on eating soy, legumes, beans, nuts, seeds, cereals, granolas, cookies, pastries, cakes, and breads, except sourdough. So yeah, soy, really only want to eat it occasionally in the fermented forms like we talked about yesterday. Legumes and beans have to be prepared properly. They don't work for a lot of people, especially during the healing phase. Nuts and seeds also don't work for a lot of people. I feel that nut butters are probably easier to digest, but then again, they can be high in polyunsaturated lipids. And most of the cereals are extruded on the market. They're really dry and they're really hard to digest. And they go through this process where it locks in the phytic acid. Granola, loaded with PUFAs unless you make it yourself. Cookies, pastries, cakes, and breads, they're gonna be loaded with PUFAs and iron unless you make them yourself, unless you can find a really good sourdough. I can get good sourdough that's oil-free and um, synthetic vitamin-free. Also, consuming too much raw vegetation, with the exception of maybe stuff like carrots and more of the root vegetation, too much of the vegetation, especially too many leaves, can cause issues for some people. And we're always told these things are healthy. And yeah, they do have stuff in them, but the idea of eating like a humongous salad, not only is that very cooling, and that can actually damp, dampen people, like cause dampness in the body, it can dampen their sex drive, things like that. It takes a lot of energy to digest that and to break down all that cellulose. Stop sleeping late, anything past 11, I would say anything even past 10 that can really mess with your circadian rhythm. And of course, someone who's sleeping that late is probably going to bed too late as well. Stop using conventional shoes and orthotics, transition to barefoot shoes or minimal shoes where you can actually walk and you can feel 
the ground beneath you or just don't wear shoes at all. Stop excessive non-native EMF exposure, Wi-Fi, mobile devices, cell towers, etc. You could also buy silver underwear or silver blankets to cover your crotch and your, um, your reproductive organs. You can buy devices for the house to mitigate. You can wire all your internet. There's a lot of stuff you can do. Stop excessive blue light exposure from the Talmud vision, uh, mobile devices, the computers, and the artificial lights. You can cut down on this. You could also wear your blue blocking glasses a couple of hours before bed. Uh, important, last couple of ones. Stop entertaining toxic friends, family, and other acquaintances. For what, right? I mean, oftentimes we think we can do everything with our diet and our exercise, everything's going to be cream cheese, but sometimes one of the best things you can do is just stop entertaining a toxic individual who's got so many of their own problems, right? And it's not your job to fix them. A lot of us have been raised to be codependent, thinking that someone else's happiness is dependent on, on ours, and that's not the case. You're not responsible for anybody's happiness besides yourself, even if you're married you know and even with your children like everyone's got to do what's right for themselves like the idea that you're responsible for someone else's happiness like are you responsible for taking care of someone if they're young and they're small and need guidance certainly but you're not responsible in the way that you have to alter and be people pleasing just to get someone to kind of uh, you know respond to you in a positive way too many of us were were raised thinking that that's what we had to do, possibly by people who actually were raised to do that as well, who are still running on those old programs. And finally, stop using toxic deodorants, body washes, oral products, hair products, birth control, cleaning products for the kitchen, and um, laundry detergents, etc. There's so many varieties of this that are available these days. I've done many segments on many broadcasts talking about this you don't have to use like the Tide and all that gross type of stuff. It's always like I can always smell when someone like on my street is doing their their laundry and they're they're drying something. All I smell is like that that Tide smell. I have to honestly say I've never bought that stuff in in my life. I use um, what do I use? Attitude laundry detergent. I use the one that's made for babies. That's actually one of the best bets if you're trying to ferret out the best products out there. Typically baby stuff is not scented. Some of even the unscented stuff out there actually has like some scents added. So the best thing to do is use the stuff that's made for babies because it's the most gentle for their delicate skin. So that's typically what I do when it comes to cleaning products like soaps and you know sprays, laundry detergent, etc. I just use the baby versions. Deodorant I haven't worn in I don't know, five years. It's not something that you need once you start eating normal food. Uh, body wash, I just use a tallow bar of soap, unscented uh, tallow bar. Oral products, I make my own toothpaste with baking soda, sea salt, white kaolin clay, like a French white clay, and a bone powder from bovine bone called calcium hydroxyapatite. I make that myself, and sometimes I also use a tooth soap Hair products, I don't use any of that. Birth control, I haven't used that in a very long time. So there are always ways around this. When you really get into like living a holistic or healthy lifestyle, you've got the diet down, you've got the exercise down, you've got the good habits down, you, know, you weed out 
the unsavory emotions and the unsavory entities or, or beings in your, in your life, then you really have to focus on minimizing your routine of the products that you use. Then you realize as time goes on, you're like, wow, I really don't use that much and my skin looks really good, right? And we're always told, especially us ladies, we do like a six or seven step skin regime to make our skin look good. They just want your money. Um, that's all it's about. And of course, they're marketing this to people who are eating a malnourished and devitalized diet who, yeah, of course those people are going to need to use all this stuff and, you know, possibly get plastic surgery because they've, they've aged poorly. And even if you're doing all the right stuff with the food and all that jazz, if you're in a constant emotional conflict like G&M would refer to it as, that can really take a toll on you, even if you're eating the oysters and the liver and doing all that sass. So, you may want to find a way to kind of get to the root of what your conflict is, perhaps thinking about a way to downgrade it if you're unable uh, to completely eliminate it. When someone gets older, sometimes it's recommended that a conflict is downgraded as opposed to kind of totally resolving it, which may cause too much stress for the individual in their later years. But there's always ways to do something so we don't have to live in like this, this terror or this frenzy or this like emotional state which is like so up and down that's exactly what they want they play us like a fiddle and even people who are more health-minded fall into this trap of getting played like a fiddle by either you know toxic individuals or entities in their life or just by the xyosludge media right so that's really a lot of the work you know you got the diet down you get the everything else down the fitness you know the, the light exposure but you have to figure out how to become less reactive. I think that's one of the most important lessons in this life. And it's not about being emotionless. It's not about that. I think sometimes we're told that that's the best way to deal with people who are like mentally ill and, and personality disordered. That sometimes really just suppresses how we feel. The best thing to do is just to realize what the root of you know, their foul behavior is and then find ways that you can say, okay, this is why this is happening, and then have a real neutrality towards it, but don't allow it to mess with your emotional state because then all the good work that you've done with you know, everything else in your life, eating well, all these great habits, you'll fall right back into that pattern and that will mess up things on a, on a large level. Remember that the nervous system has to be in a state of calm and ease for the endocrine or the hormonal system to be in a state of ease. So we really want to think about soothing the nervous system. That's really what's important. And a lot of these things we mentioned today, these 20 habits to quell, these are things that will help soothe the nervous system. This could be a topic that we can expand on on an upcoming show. I do have a show planned about Dramatic new medicine again and how this relates to what we colloquially call in the culture narcissism or what it's really known as as psychopathy sometimes referred to as sociopathy we're going to be delving more into this because I know a lot of us have probably dealt with at least one individual entity in our lives that displays some of these traits so we're going to be talking about this on one of the next live shows and we'll go into more about how to soothe the nervous system with habits and maybe some uh, herbal supplements and things of, of that nature, minerals, etc. So look forward to that. I think I'm going to continue the walk and uh, that's about it for today. A sunny day. Birds are chirping. I'm going to grab some oysters after this. It's oyster day at the Tabitha household. So I'll leave you with at that and uh, we'll be connecting again soon on the next uh, mini clip or broadcast. Okay, everybody.